0: This episode is sponsored by Coastal Leather Supply, created by Leather Crafters for Leather Crafters, supplying premium leather, tools and all your other leather working needs. Specialise in vegetable tan leather such as Buttero, Pueblo and many others. They ship internationally and are trusted in the Australian and New Zealand leather working community. Visit CoastalLeatherSupply.com.au Welcome to episode 27 of the Joseph M. Leather Podcast. In this episode, I talk to Aaron from Hyde Gear. Aaron is from California, United States, and makes custom leather goods. He makes bags, wallets, watch straps, belts, knife sheaths, and much more. Welcome, Aaron.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Uh, thanks for coming on. So how did you get into leather craft?
1: So one of my coworkers had a saddleback leather briefcase. And uh, I was like, that is the best briefcase I've ever seen. Um, But I couldn't afford what they were charging for a bag then. Uh, So I was like, well, I think I can make that. I started, when I was in college, I worked at a place called On Rope One. We made industrial rock climbing gear, uh, ballistic nylon bags, climbing harnesses, um, high ropes protection gear, and that kind of stuff. So sewing machine goods. And I did quality control for them. I didn't do sewing. Um... But I had the idea of how those things were constructed. So I was like, I think I can make that bag. And so I, I started on the journey of, I bought a big side of leather from Maverick Leather Goods. Um, they're up in Bend, Oregon now. Um, they really helped me out a lot at the beginning because they were local to me and gave me the right kind of leather. Um, I found a pattern I liked and I started cutting and sewing. I had a I had a round awl and some big harness needles and that's it. <laughs>
0: That's awesome, because there's a there's the the supplies that you have in America is phenomenal as well. It's um, is is Maverick Red Leather? Is that more of a saddlery type of um, store?
1: No, they sell um, they sell seconds in. Oh uh, uh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That's the
1: that's probably their biggest thing. But they also sell, I think, Cheadle Tannery. They, I mean, they carry Wicked and Craig. They carry Herman Oak. Yeah. Um, but a lot of, um, oh, what's the other one that does, uh, Red Wing boots, SB foot leather. Um, they carry a lot of different stuff.
0: Yeah. What is that Halloween Chrome XL like?
1: Chrome XL, it's a, it's a really waxy leather. Yeah. So I think it's a, I think gets a Chrome with a veg retan. I'm not, don't quote me on that one, but, um, it's, it's beautiful leather. It, it makes, I guess a lot of people use it for shoes. Um, yeah. it scratches really easily that's the downside of it but I don't mind scratches on stuff it looks yeah. it, it just looks used and beautiful yeah. so, I heard that they were originally the Chrome Excel was usually, originally used as gaskets in engines Yeah. so it's which is a wild like I, I never knew they really used leather for gaskets um, at least not for engines The um, it, it's also pretty water resistant leather that's another good thing about it because it's yeah. so waxy and fatty yeah, it it does repel water pretty well.
0: That's probably why it would be good for gaskets if you have like coolant and all that going around you. Mm-hmm. Um, so when was that when you got into leather? What year?
1: I was trying to figure that out. It was it was before my first son was born. He's six, so I'd say probably seven years ago or eight years ago. Wow.
0: That's that's, that's a. Yeah, what was it? What was leather work like? Like the resources oh. to learn and all that.
1: I didn't know where to look. Yeah. Um, I think I just Googled like leather and that's how I randomly found Maverick. They used to be in Cotati, California, which is about 20, 30 minutes away from me. And so I didn't have anything. I walked into the shop and like, I want to like, make a good, this briefcase. And the owner was a super nice guy. I, I imagine he still is. Um, but he, I bought one side of leather, and he sent me home with just a, a bunch of scraps to play with. Um, just gave them to me, um, and so I started making stuff. Like, yeah. but the, but my very first project was a briefcase, which is kind of a weird way to start.
0: Yeah, I've never made a, I've never
1: made a briefcase. I, it wasn't, it wasn't a beautiful briefcase. <laughs> yeah, do you still have it? No. So somebody else saw saw it was nice, or they thought it was nice. And I think they offered me a couple hundred bucks for it. And I'm like, sold. <laughs> that's
0: cool. Well, that was the next question. So I, think, I
1: think the very first thing I made, I sold.
0: Well, that was the next question, the first item you sold. Wow, that's cool. Because I, my- I only,
1: like, I sold it just because I was like, well, I just want to make another one. I-, I can make it better. And Yeah. do you have a- Better than having a stack of briefcases. Do you have a picture of it at all? Uh, not on my Instagram. No. I have some similar to it, like back in the the beginning of my Instagram. There's some some very similar. I think and I, I think I made it out of horming chrome Excel. Yeah, if I remember right. Yeah,
0: how'd you do the edges? Do you this? Uh,
1: they were raw. Yeah. So just just cut, and I think I I think I bought a beveler at some point, uh, like a Tandy beveler, and then just beveled the edges. I didn't know anything about burnishing. Yeah. Um. So just. Just pretty raw edges. Yeah. Um, but like the, the saddleback briefcases I was trying to imitate are, are like, they're rustic. Yeah. They're a very, a rustic bag.
0: I'm trying to think of a saddlebag. Is that the, they're sort of that roundish.
1: Oh, no, not a saddlebag. Uh, it's a company saddleback leather. Uh, B-A-C-K. Yeah.
0: Okay. So that's a brand? Yeah. Oh, okay. Saddleback leather.
1: Uh, and they're pretty popular. He does a bunch of YouTube videos. He does a, a funny video about how to uh, how to do a knockoff of his bag. Cause it's I, it's interesting stuff.
0: Oh, I think I've actually seen that video. Oh, like it's kind of like this. Ooh.
1: Yeah, that's similar. That I can't tell, but yeah, it's a very similar design.
0: Yeah. Okay. Oh, awesome. Um. Wow. Well, okay. So. I guess when was the... So you just kept on making briefcases?
1: A few of them. Yeah. Um, every time I would make one, like, a friend from college would see it and would buy it from me. Wow. Like, yeah. yeah. When I, like, I sold them pretty cheap. Like, basically I got the cost of materials out of them.
0: Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Which is
1: probably more than they were worth. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you, you would have done all hand stitching on them as well?
1: Oh, 100 percent, and and with um, a round all, like yeah. I didn't have. Um, I think. Oh, I got a, uh, a stitching wheel, like to mark the. the oh spin. yeah. No, no, I take it back. The pattern had the individual holes marked. Yeah. Like the stitch holes marked, and so I I put the pattern on my leather and poked each hole individually, and then shoved a round all through each hole, which stretches out the leather, and it's it's not a good way to do things. Yeah. But that's that's how I put my first first bag together during a, a hunter safety class i believe i was working on it wow so <laughs> that's awesome
0: so how long did it take you to do it then to make
1: the whole bag from i think probably three weeks or so yeah like not working i mean i had a full-time job at the time so it's just yeah when i could sit down and work on it probably a few weeks
0: yeah wow um so how did you because i know that right now you, you do mainly custom-made items why did you choose to do custom made as opposed to having like a line of goods?
1: Uh, mainly it was a time thing. So yeah. when I started getting more serious about leatherwork, I had kids, I had a full time job. Um, I wasn't interested in making this a full time thing, which I think, I think having a line of stuff is, I and mean, there's a few people who only do custom work. Um, I know you've talked to, like, uh, Martin Carswell. He, I think he only does custom work. That's awesome. Uh, but most people who make this a successful business are, made, are have a line of stuff that they sell, um, like, like Stock and Barrel and uh, Loyal Strickland. Um, I'm trying to think of other brands off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, Little King Goods, that kind of stuff. They, they have a line. They don't, they don't do custom work too much anymore. Um, so for me, I don't want to be that busy. I want to I want to do a different thing each time. I want to I don't want to get bored. Yeah. Uh, and and it's a time thing. Like I'll work on things as I can.
0: I know that we spoke previously about like the machines that you have. Like you have a quite a quite a good amount of machines like some that I would like to get in the future. So how did you I guess like the machines that you have now and sort of how did you acquire them as you progress?
1: So the first the first real thing is I would call machines and actually all of my first good tools. Um, I saw a Craigslist ad for a, a, re, a a saddle maker who was retiring in Sacramento, California. And so I drove out there. Uh, he had a garage full of, I mean, he had sewing machines, he had tools, he had a, a, a bench splitter, uh, like an old Dixon bench splitter, Dixon bricking irons, like old stuff. Um, uh, the guy was 97 years old. Whoa. Um, yeah, he. so I took my son with me. My son sat and taught him how to use an iPad <laughs> while, while I just went through his shop and was like, oh, man, I'm going to spend all the money I have. Um, and so I started making a pile of tools that I thought I would like, and I had done some research by then. Um, I couldn't afford all of his sewing machines, so I bought a – it's a Ferd GoPro 2000. So that was probably my first real machine. It's, and it's the only sewing machine I have now. It's basically like a Cobra class 4 um, and then I bought a bench splitter from him yeah. um, Also I have his round knife um, that he a couple of his round knives and some other like just a smattering of tools some I've parted ways with um, the old the old Dixon irons I sold to a guy on the East Coast who does antique like I think restorations and rebuilds. Um, they were really really wide teeth like not not stuff i would end up using um and another set went to a saddle maker that does like side saddles and just ended up keeping a lot of it and i still use a lot of it today yeah um i have his old hammer or his, his old uh
0: oh really that's cool mallet.
1: yeah yeah um and just yeah uh so that's how i got my first tool so the bench splitter and the the big sewing machine yeah, are, are really, what I got from him, it's frozen jeans. Did
0: you like? How did he? What was so? He was a saddle maker by trade.
1: Yeah, the I mean, he's passed away now. Yeah, um, I think he was ninety. I think he, he passed away this year. Wow. Um, his Richard Long was his, the guy's name. Um, I have some pictures of his saddles, and um, I have a little strap from a saddle that has his maker's mark that I keep hanging on my bench. Wow. They he was incredibly generous to me. Yeah. Um. I know in his shop, um, his daughter, his granddaughter told me that there was over $100,000 for the tools. Yeah. Um, and he, he said, he's like, I'll sell it to you all for, I think he said, I'm trying to remember, I think like $6,000. And I was like, I wish I had $6,000 just to like drop right then. And I, I think I spent, the, the sewing machine was about two grand, um, and then I spent like, a little bit more on tools but the tools he was basically giving away
0: yeah so yeah uh, it's sad at the same time though like yeah 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 um and then you i guess you got your you got your skiving machine i keep eyeing that off in the background <laughs> okay yeah i so want I one a, of them
1: in that dream factory i have a artisan is local to me they don't Um, I I haven't seen them used too much like I don't know too many other people that have artisan machines But they they make all the same import machines everybody else seems to have yeah Um, It's worked great for me. I upgrade the blade if you get a Chinese clone get a new blade That's like the minimum thing you have to get a a new blade. The Chinese blade didn't hold an edge worth anything. Yeah, I think it's Fortuna or in out of Germany uh, nippy in Japan that make the the higher-end skiving machines yeah but if you, if you end up with a chinese clone just get the italian or german blade and put it on there yeah so they're all they're all made just fit the same parts from what i understand mine yeah. fit
0: okay
1: the uh somebody helped me on the discord there's a, some other upgraded stuff like getting better feet that made a difference better feet the new blade new sharpening wheel a better like a, a more fine sharpening stone um a few things that helped yeah um and I haven't switched it to dual motor yet, I'm just running a single motor, so it does the, the feed and the blade with one pedal, okay. instead of keeping the uh, blade spinning, which I've heard is superior, but I've never tried it. Is it... I think I would have, it, for, for people who are getting more serious, I think the, the Bell Skyver is, should be a purchase before a sewing machine, yeah. in my opinion.
0: Yeah. How does it go, like, if you want to Skyve, like, just say you have a square of leather, and you want to skyve the whole thing? Is it easy to do that? It's not gonna.
1: Depending on the leather, veg tan leather tends to get marked by the foot pretty easily. Yeah. Okay. Like, like especially like uh, buttero, buttero, whatever people call it. The uh, that marks pretty easily, and I have some like low friction tape on the foot, but it still will leave a faint line. Yeah. Where where it's pressed, um, but chrome tan stuff like uh, goat skin super easy as long as your foot is just level it it it's a splitter like you just run it through a bunch of times till you get the whole panel split yeah so chrome chrome 10 i think splits easier on it yeah okay okay
0: and is it easy to adjust the width of your scive that you want to do
1: very easy it's just a uh, a bar that you move back and forth and there's different widths of feet as well. And you can and you can tip or you can raise up the foot up and down as well as tip it back and forth. Yeah. Know, the angle you want to achieve.
0: Is it is it hard
1: to get it all set up? I I'm semi-mechanically minded. Yeah. I don't think it's too bad. Yeah, okay. Like it you can pretty clearly see what everything does on it. Yeah. And it, it's not it's not overly complex.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I definitely want to get a Skyve machine. Did you have a clicker press, the the pull down one? No, no, no clicker
1: press. So I think that's gonna be one of those essential things if you're doing production. Yeah. But since everything I make is different, it that hasn't been a priority for me to buy yet.
0: Yeah.
1: And It'd be he... handy for some like like wallet pockets, I'd love to be able to click those things out if they're yeah. all the same. Yeah. So um, there's a few other things, but that's not the majority of my work.
0: Yeah, even if I guess i was just had a thought then, even if you just got The like, if you even if you had a line of wallets, and you just got the pockets, um, yeah, clicker the dyed, but then at least you could just cut the square freehand, yeah, because uh, some of the pocket designs are a bit annoying to do. I know that that Milwaukee, what's it, Milwaukee, like they look really nice to have like the, the pink foam and all that around oh, the, there,
1: the die the company, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, um, so the dream the dream factory, so that 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 talk, the 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 press you got because um the, the dream factory it's a uh, I saw you post a video of it
1: it's slick yeah I I just got it a couple of weeks ago um so I don't know enough about it. it it's speaking of clickers it it can do very small click pressing or clicker <laughs> pressing um and then it, it also the reason I really like it is I usually do most of my work after my boys go to bed, and the pricking iron mount that it can come with is really handy, Yeah. so I can, don't have to use a hammer when the boys are asleep, but right across the hall. Um, Heat press, it it works just like a heat press, (laughs) so you can do all the foil and embossing and all that stuff.
0: Yeah. Uh, After we spoke the first time, I was actually thinking about that, the attachment for the pricking iron. So, is it hard to go through? Because uh, like my thought was, is it hard? Do you have to it, apply much. It's pressure? not hard at all.
1: No, okay. It, it's it's very easy. so the the way the Dream Factory press is designed, there's a mechanical advantage in the lever, so there's more movement as those two brats' arms come together. But at the very bottom of the movement, it it goes right through, no problem. We got a big arm on that thing, so no, it it does just fine. Yeah. Okay. And yet I put a rubber rubber pad underneath, of course, protect the teeth. Yeah. So,
0: what well, um, what pricking irons do you use?
1: I have uh, four. I've had five different. I mean, I started with the Tandy changeable ones when I when I my first mm-hmm. set. The then I got. I think the first set I got was five mil crimson hides, which I recently sold because it's a, a big spacing I never use anymore. Yeah, my thought originally was. I want big spacing so I can sew faster. Um, not thinking about how it looks or anything, just function. Yeah. Um, so now I have I think I have one four sets of pricking irons. I have three point eight, three point eight five, and, and Kevin Lee's. They're Japanese style. Um, and then three point three eight are June Lin's from Leatherwork School. Then I have uh, Amy Roque in 3.0 and then another set of June lens in 2.7.
0: Yeah. What are the Japanese design? What's
1: Japanese so the French style have um, square teeth. It leaves a line. Uh, the Japanese style is, is like each each tooth is an individual all blade. It's a like a diamond all. Okay, so, yeah. So it has a point. Which is nice. It's really handy, I think, for beginners to line it. Like when they do a scratch line, it's easier to get it perfectly in that line as opposed to going left or right or trying to square it over a line.
0: Yeah, because I use the the French, the French style ones, the little slit. Mm-hmm. Does, does it make a difference? Big difference on how you look, like, how it looks when you stitch it.
1: I, I some people probably say it does. I don't see a huge difference.
0: Yeah, I'm just trying to find a picture of your stuff to see if it makes. So Kevin. All cream, Amy Roque. Are they French style or are they? Amy Roque
1: is uh is French style, but I think they're made in in China or Japan. I don't know for sure. Yeah, or maybe yeah. Korea. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um. What? Are, what I guess. What's, what? are some tips for buying that Dream Factory? Because I know I'm definitely want to get one in the future.
1: Uh, it, it's a long wait. Yeah. Um, once it ships, it's it was to my house in I think four days.
0: Wow, was um, that through you? Was that through your normal price? Fed, FedEx? Oh yeah, yeah, uh,
1: yeah. Um, then it—I it, mean, they're—they're they're building them one at a time, I think. So, uh, but the owner is very communicative over Instagram or email, and so he—he he let me know what was going on. Uh, COVID has caused some—I think art shortages or material shortages for him.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but he let me know about it, and. Yeah, once I got it, I was, I was very happy, so yeah. my, yeah.
0: Yeah, so, because I know they have like heaps of different attachments you can get, so if you get the, just the main one, because if you want to emboss letters on, you, <laughs> you you can just attach the letters and then screw it all in,
1: is it pretty easy? Yes. Okay, you only, yeah, as long as you, there's different kinds of typesets, but I think the standard one is like the Kingsley style, and it, it holds the Kingsley style, it has to be the taller, um. I don't know, there's a company in the U.S. called um, uh, Leather Stamp yeah. Leather Stamp Maker, and his, you have to have an adapter to use his brass letters, which his brass letters are great. They're just too short to put in a Dream Factory machine without an adapter. Okay, but yeah. But they, they sell the adapter, so it's not a big deal.
0: Yeah, that, that's good, because um, it's handy that they actually sell the letter stamps as well, because it's kind of like, okay, it fits the Dream Factory. and.
1: Well, here's the secret, though. So go on eBay and now people are going to buy the ones I want now. But uh, Howard, if you look up for like Howard type set or Kingsley type set, there's tons of antique and I think they're made out of tin or um, like a magnesium, but they make just as good of an impression. They just don't last as long as a brass letter would. But if you're not doing high production, it does not matter. Yeah. You're not gonna you're not gonna wear them out doing what I do anyway.
0: Yeah, with that um.
1: And they're so much cheaper.
0: <laughs> yeah, with that gold foil, is it
1: does it flake over time? I haven't done enough of it to tell you. Okay. Um, I haven't gold foiled any of my stuff that I've kept, but I but it's made for it. It it adheres pretty good. Yeah, I've put it on the inside of some wallets that I've made, and yeah, they've held up. Yeah. Is, that, is it actual gold that they use? I think sometimes it is. I think most of the modern stuff is not. Okay, yeah. Um, I have some old Kingsley and Howard that I think says it's real gold, like like 18 karat or something. Yeah. But uh, most of it's not. It's like a – I think it's a, an aluminized – a colored aluminized material. Yeah. So with, with heat foil, you have a layer of heat-resistant plastic – uh, then the, the, the gold or whatever color it is and then a layer of glue that's heat activated. Okay. And so as long as heat touches it. And so another thing people do a lot of times is blind stamp for the embossing effect and then add the gold foil as a second stamp. If yeah, that is makes that, sense. That for... So you, you have your impression that you can hold longer with the press because with the, uh, the foiling, it's a pretty quick touch, like touch and let go.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: I'm not an expert
0: at that. <laughs> yeah. And you have to blind stamp if you do, you know, alligator or something, like something that has embossing, don't you have to, you have to blind it first and then yes. stamp? Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yep. And I found for goatskin, I like the blind stamp better as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something, something, anything with a lot of grain. Yeah. How, so the leather, What what leather do you like to use? I can see, like, you have, like, a nice selection of leather behind you
1: yeah um depending on what i'm making really mm-hmm. uh so i like um i'm probably going to say all the names wrong because i don't really know but um uh, batero and and the goat the ship Chevrolet whatever
0: yeah what is that goat like? skin is yeah what is
1: uh-huh. it's it's a really light i think it's a chrome tan leather it's really light but it's really tough it's thin and tough that's why i like the goat. Yeah, um, I'm in California, so I can't get kangaroo. Um, so I think Goat is probably one of my next toughest options. Yeah. And so for wallets that I don't want to stretch or anything, and then I want to make thin but not stretchy for the interiors. Um, I'm liking Goat a lot. But I also do Botero. Um, and let's see, mainly those two for, for wallets. Bags, it kind of depends. I work with the client on what they want, and I try to find a leather to match what they want. So yeah. Uh, briefcases, I've usually used either, well, usually, um, what is it, Wicked and Craig Bridal is what I've used mostly for briefcases since my beginning briefcases. Um, I think my better-looking briefcases are out of uh, bridal leather. Yeah. Um, but then I made a lot of big duffels and totes and that kind of stuff, and I've used anything from Chrome Excel to... to um, Let's see other other Horween leathers they have. I really like Horween's veg tan leathers that are soft. Um, uh, Derby, Essex, those are those are probably two of my favorite ones from Horween, even more than Chrome Excel. Yeah. Um, and they're are a veg tan. that's some of them are tumbled. They have a kind of a rustic look with a lot of pull up. Um, what else? Uh, SB foot is really nice for bags. Um, any of the boot leathers I think make good bags.
0: Yeah, because they're just that uh, rust, like they'll, you'd bet they'd last, being like...
1: And you get, in, you get them in five, six ounce, and, and they're pretty handleable, yeah.
0: Yeah. What, what would um, that goat be if you lined a bag with it, like a duffel bag? Would it be big enough? Uh, for?
1: It, you'd probably have to use two skins. Goat is usually about, I don't know, four square feet or so, three and yeah. a half, four square feet. So they're pretty small. Yeah. Um, usually when I'm doing a really big bag, I'll do a pigskin lining because I can get pig that is pretty big yeah. compared to the goat anyway. Um, if, if I line it at all. I've just recently started lining more stuff. Yeah. Um, Purse is I really like lining in goat suede and just just finished one of those this past week and I really liked how that turned out.
0: Yeah. How, how does the goat burnish?
1: Uh, I think there's veg tan and there's chrome tan. Goat it doesn't burnish okay. if it's the chrome tan stuff. Yeah. Okay. It's it's so thin and and kind of um, foamy is the wrong word, but it's kind of airy. If that makes any sense. It's, yeah. It's not it's not sturdy like veg tan.
0: Yeah. It's not that. It doesn't have that dense dense to it. So. so so would you like to get kangaroo if you could?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Why? I'd have To try it. Yeah. Uh, well, one thing I want to try to make someday I want to make a whip. <laughs> and kangaroo, kangaroo is the only way to go. Yeah. So, um, I'll, I don't know. I'll, I'll get some eventually. Yeah. Move I'll have to move move out of California. <laughs> I did
0: see that you did like some plaiting. You plait a belt. Did you
1: plait a belt? I did, sorry, what? Uh, did you plait- Oh, no. That's that's complete cheating. So, uh, Rocky Mountain Leather Supply sells a, a pre-braided belt blank. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, a client only wanted a braided belt. Yeah. So I, I was very upfront with her about it I was like well I'm not gonna I'm not gonna braid the belt Cause I don't know how But I can find you a high quality Braided leather strap And I'll make you And, I, and then you sew the end on it And do the finish work So
0: What did they braid it out of?
1: It's a European veg tan. Okay it, So I'm, I'm sure it's cowhide But um, there wasn't a whole lot of detail on it
0: Yeah Cause you can braid with kangaroo yeah, you can make braided, braided belts.
1: This um, is pretty thick leather. I don't know if it would have worked the same way, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Do they make kangaroo belts?
0: Yeah, R.M. Williams braid their belts by hand. I remember, like, I remember watching. And it it's lay- all
1: it's all kangaroo. Yeah, the. I
0: have to check that out. There's a guy that like a guy, cuts around it. Like he has this like little thing he puts on his finger and he traces around and it cuts off like a little bit and he goes in circles. That's how they get the long strips and then they braid them all by hand. And um, yeah. They make braided leather belts. I think some other people can, some other people braid kangaroo belts. <clears throat> but, um, yeah. It's, it's quite of a tight braid as well. Like the one I saw of your one, it's more of a the braids are quite a bit more longer, whereas I think the kangaroo they're a lot more like smaller braids because it's a lot more thinner. So, yeah, very like um, uh, it's very that sort of outbacky look, like braided stuff. Yeah, I'm gonna oh,
1: have yeah. To, I'm gonna have to look that up. I'm curious now.
0: Yeah. So. Um, using exotic leathers because I notice you've you've used a fair bit. How have you, a like, bit of a class within themselves, the exotic leathers, is, uh, how did you? See, so
1: the big thing, uh, the stepping, stepping to the exotic is, I mean, cost is the biggest issue. Yeah. Um, the, the very first time I used exotic, um, it was really high pressure for me because it was a, a, a board member of the school that I work at he he saw my cowhide wallets um which i think were fine wallets they're not they i've gotten better since then um but i was making decent decent products at that time and he's like i want i want two blue alligator wallets for me and my best friend and so i'm like i was like i have to be upfront. i've never worked with alligator i don't know how this is going to turn out and i was like if, if you pay for the alligator skin I'll make you guys two wallets and watch straps or whatever you want out of it. Um, and so basically it was like, it it paid for my education in exotics. So I have enough extra. I could redo it and, um, found a good deal from, um, uh, a buddy of mine that I, that I've made since then. He sold me a, a glazed blue alligator skin from, uh, I think it was from American tanning. um, and and went to work making wallets on it. Uh, the it's not hard to work with. The, yeah. I don't think. Um skiving the edges is important and the alligator is really easy to skive. The hard part is the the dips between the, where the scales are. Yeah. You've to be careful not not to shoot through those things. Um then edge painting. Edge painting I hadn't done any of really before that. I haven't so done any getting of Getting my getting my edge paint to look good that's that's practice. You got to practice. Like it yeah. The good thing is when you mess up edge paint, for the most part, you can get it back off if you don't smear it or something. Yeah. Like you can you can take it off with a rubber eraser if you catch it right away on the glazed alligator. So that Does, was good.
0: Do you have to bevel the edges when you uh, when you edge paint?
1: No. Yeah. You don't want. Uh, I don't. I don't like beveling the edges on it because what happens then is you don't know where to make your paint line, like. With a sharp corner, the the edge paint with enough layers will dome on its own. Yeah, yeah. And there's a there's a final point for that paint to stick to. Um, when you round it off, well, then where where do you paint to? What point of that curve is going to be your your new line? Yeah. So I I think a square edge is the right way to do it for me.
0: Yeah. How do they go over time? The edge paint does it peel or crack or whatever
1: they're really durable it's like a waxy rubber yeah um i i checked in with that blue alligator wallet the owner of it and he says they're holding up great yeah so first time i've edge painted so far so good and that was that was about four years ago wow so and the nice thing is you can always re-edge paint something so i told him i was like if the edge paint ever peels send me the wallet back i'll fix it up for you
0: how does a how did you choose where you wanted the wallet to go on the skin?
1: Uh so I did two. I did one of the alligator flank which is the round scales on on the on the like the side of the alligator and then I did one out of the belly scales which are the big square. Yeah. Um just to just to see what I like better. It's just aesthetics. Yeah. As far as I can tell.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's fair enough. I asked you about accordion gussets. Were were they hard to do? Well, tell me about. Well, just mention a bit about how you got into that making that a briefcase with accordion gussets.
1: So I wasn't looking to make accordion gussets Um, to learn how to make some briefcases and to learn some older styles of briefcases. I was looking on eBay for old old leather bags. And the one I happened to find for a good price that had a lock that I liked and actually came with the original keys had accordion gussets. So my process for for learning how to do the accordion gussets was tearing that bag apart because the leather would, and stitching was all rotten and used it as a pattern. So that was why I learned how to make them. It's because I wanted to replicate a bag that already had them. Yeah. And that's, that's where I started.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that those classic like it looks like a very English briefcase. It's just a classic look. So there's not much information about them except for that article that I saw and it's sort of whoever knows how to do them, I guess.
1: Yeah, Anderson Leather did a really an instructables with them. Um, I didn't quite follow his process, so I mean, there, there's more than one way to do it, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that I did it the I, well. I know I didn't do it the the technical right way necessarily. But it, but it turned out.
0: <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> That's was what I
1: was happy about. Yeah,
0: it's just above you as all that briefcase, isn't it? It's what? Sorry, it's just above you.
1: Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: it's just in the background. Just, just a quick reminder. What is the thickness difference between the panels and the gusset?
1: On mine, um, the main panels, uh, actually, the whole bag is five six English bridal leather. The that includes the panels and the gussets. And I didn't thin out the gussets at all, but the difference with the panels is I lined them with probably like three or four ounce, um, poor winged horse front.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that, that, that added
1: some rigidity to the panels and still left the, the gusset flexible.
0: Yeah. And the, the, the so the bag doesn't, is quite stiff. It doesn't sort of collapse if it's,
1: it's oh, it's, yeah, that it, Wicked and Craig English bridle Leather is what I made it out of, and it's a it's a pretty firm, stiff leather on its
0: yeah. own. Yeah. Are they big sides you get with the Wicked and Craig?
1: Yeah, I think about 25, 26 square feet. Um, I'm not sure how that converts to how you guys measure leather over there. How do you measure a side of leather in Australia?
0: Yeah, I think it's square feet as well. Square feet, okay. Yeah, it's just like... it's Like, square feet is quite easy, because it's like 30 centimeters by 30 centimeters, and so do I just sort of... How I do it, I okay. just like <laughs> yeah. make a box or something and work it out. But yeah, we do square feet as well.
1: So. I think I had one that was twenty-eight square feet. That was a bigger. Yeah, that was a big. That was a big side.
0: See, I can understand that. Like, like that's, okay. a, that's a big side. <laughs> Twenty-six. Yeah, square okay, feet. Really yeah, really long. Yeah. So huge, Yeah. I didn't
1: know they made cows that long.
0: Hmm. Cool. Um. So, so what items are you inspired by? Because you've done a, quite a range of
1: items. Oh, man. There's so, so many makers. I've, I'd have to like go through my Instagram list. Um,
0: let's see who you're following.
1: I, yeah. Uh, some people I always think are make some really beautiful stuff. Miwa um, Leathers in Japan. I really like a lot of the uh, crafters out of Asia right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Martin Carswell. His stuff is amazing. His, his knife sheets are inspiring. I don't know if I'll ever be anywhere close to that, but they're they're awesome to look at, and I, I love the the creativity, because each one is so different.
0: Yeah. Um, custom,
1: custom leather and pen. Uh, uh, Kurt is the guy who runs that. He's He's been super helpful to me. Um, always willing to answer some questions. Hope I don't get him bombarded with stuff, but he's a good dude.
0: Who is that, um, sorry?
1: And I, uh, custom leather and pen. It's his uh, Instagram. And what's cool about him, he does a lot of sewing machine stuff, which I do with my bigger stuff, but his sewing machine stuff on his small goods looks amazing. It looks hand-stitched. Like, I'm trying to be eclectic on who I follow, so even, even some, like, Western makers, which I don't really feel like I make Western stuff, especially not the carving and tooling.
0: Yeah. But it's really cool
1: to see those really good carvers. Like Yeah. Like, I follow Don Gonzalez just to see his beautiful work, like... I'm not interested in doing carving or doing stamping, but it's just that, it's just an amazing and a different facet to what we do.
0: Yeah. Especially on saddles as well. It's, um, yeah, it's so detailed. It's like, yeah, you can get those, the the stamps and you can stamp them because I'm not a really artistic drawer. So it's like, as long as you have like a stamp, you can at least like, at least you know what that impression is going to be perfect. You know, yeah you can time. do the
1: you can do patterns without as much talent
0: yeah but then there's like
1: people who like when, when you cut with a swivel knife like it's just a whole other ball game like yeah carving these beautiful flowing patterns i it's just i don't have it
0: and isn't there so, there's like a certain depth as well you have to go for like certain angles and all that
1: i'm sure there is yeah. i don't know yeah i don't know
0: what items would you like to make in the future
1: I'd like to make more briefcases, that's what I'm really passionate about making, um, but finding customers who want to purchase handmade briefcases has not been the easiest, yeah. just because how much time and effort goes into them. They, they're a costly product, So those, but that's my favorite thing to make.
0: Yeah, they are, and they're a hard product as well because you need that specific client that actually wants that design, because it is a very um, vintage design but yeah. not everyone's going to, yep. like, it's going to look nice, but not everyone's going to have one. And also another thing i found is that the locks as well, like, for finding, like, you need to have a solid lock, and there's, like, only a few places that actually make them. And, yeah.
1: That's that's true. If you're going with the, the classic English that needs the lock, I've done some with just buckles. Um,
0: oh, yeah, yeah.
1: And that that's okay, too. It just depends on what the client wants and so then you go for go for what they want do you, do
0: you have so. those quick release buckles
1: underneath on them? some some bags that people have requested the quick release buckles hidden underneath the buckle yeah um, but some people don't want that because I, I don't they're not as strong as buckles they are oh, okay. they're probably gonna last I get I get the heavier duty ones the buckle guy carries they carry two different weights kind one's kind of lightweight that I wouldn't trust on a briefcase and one's a much heavier the the spring the spring button is actually pinned in place with a spring behind it a much heavier duty version yeah okay. so that's the, that's the one i would use in a bag but i i prefer a buckle and i, I would probably try to convince a client that a buckle's a better solution yeah. it's just slower
0: yeah i think that's the the main thing it's the the how cuz it is it is a Process, especially if there's two you have to undo the first then undo the second and open it <laughs> then you have to close it back up again and all that
1: the the new um, latch or lock that I like using is the locks brand loxx
0: and oh, I used yeah. it on
1: my most recent purse and they seem they're a really heavy well-built product they're made in Germany yeah cool. um that's why I'm enjoying those <laughs> yeah
0: I know when I saw them and I saw that that made in Germany it's like these you know these guys; they wouldn't just made a lock. They would have sophisticated, sophisticatedly designed the lock so it's like un, unable to open until, unless you open it.
1: Yeah, um, and they're pretty. They're, they're
0: nice to look at. Can you get? Can you get the plain ones without the locks on the top?
1: Yeah, you can do. There's plain ones. There's one with like a. And I've only got the antique brass because that's my preferred color of hardware. Yeah. Um, and then they have some that are decorative, like uh, carved symbols on them. You can even get them custom made, from what I understand. So you yeah. can have your own logo put on them if you probably ordered a lot. Yeah. Um, they're beautiful, though. So plain, you can get, I know, copper, black, brass, antique brass, silver, brushed silver. A lot of different options.
0: Um, where whereabouts did you get them from?
1: I got mine from Maker Supply um, okay. in Texas. Yeah. Cause um, I'm not sure. I think, who is it? Uh, Osborne might be the distributor, the main distributor in the US. I could get them individually from Maker Supply, so that's where I got them.
0: Yeah. It's interesting because when I did look up those locks, there's, there is actually someone in Adelaide that sells them. It's like, well, of all places, I would never have thought someone does actually sell them. But, yeah, they're, um, are they easy? How do they attach? Because they're quite sophisticated looking things.
1: They're super easy. You, um, I think it's a, you punch a 10mm hole and it's threaded. So there's a, there's a, there's a threaded portion that goes through the hole and then a lock washer or a lock nut that goes on it. Um, and it's toothed. So it, it hooks into the leather and won't move. But yeah, they just they just screw together. Is
0: there so a top and bottom? Is there a minimum thickness you can use of leather?
1: I think there would be, um, but I think you can also get different heights of the threaded portion.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Uh, and you could even you could even grind some down if you wanted to try to use it on thin leather. But you really need you need some thicker leather just to have the support. Um, the the time I've used it on a thinner leather. I put it on a thicker piece of leather and then stitched the, the thicker leather onto the thinner leather to give it that structure. Yeah. So what? If that makes sense. What I'm describing on a podcast.
0: Yeah, if I probably when I rev- I find like when I review things, it makes sense. So like, <laughs> good. Good. When I review this, it will make sense. But yeah, um. What, so, because one thing I just had a thought. Then, so if you, one thing I am worried about is. I guess people who like myself that don't like brands that scream at you when you look at a product. If you, yeah, is there a way to get that locks Germany?
1: I think I can show you here. So not it says locks underneath the button. Okay, pretty small. It doesn't stick out too much, and this is the decorative button. Yeah. So and then so I can show you the assembly real quick so that I guess it's not too bad. The, no, it's not obscene. So then there's oops.
0: Yeah. See, they've done so much design into that.
1: Yep. So the main in Germany is on the back plate. Okay. And then the locks brand is on the front.
0: Yeah. So what would that so, be? What, what would you use that on? You said you used I've used things. it in
1: in the place of a hidden tuck lock. I've seen people use it on sunglasses cases. Oh yeah. Um, I'd I'd like to use it on some pockets that I want to be able to open quickly on a bag. So just instead of having a buckle holding a pocket flap down like on the front of a briefcase, case, I'd probably use one of these instead now.
0: Okay. Uh, let me try and find... Is there any pictures on your... Oh yeah, you have to use... It. Oh yeah, you I looked, just used
1: it on a purse. I just did.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, The, the antique looks, body. does look quite nice. Do you have a brass version? What's the brass look like? I only
1: have the the antique brass. Yeah. The it's the the brass version is just a bright bright brass. Yeah. That's awesome. And then um, let me show you the maybe. So there's. Oh, no, let's use it. So there's a the plain face versus the... Oh, yeah. And so there's... And then there's one with just a little button on the front of that.
0: Yeah. That looks, that looks not too bad, actually. Just a quick, no, I like them. Yeah. Just a quick question, actually. I was just looking at that briefcase you made. How hard was it to fit that lock in place?
1: Um, I've redone it since I made the bag. Um, learning how to, um, first, the first time I did it, I did it with, um, plated pins. So they were, the, the nails I got to use as rivets were just, were steel with brass plating and you really need solid brass. Steel is too hard to dome for with the tools I had available. Yeah. Uh, and then it's just, it, it took some practice. Um, and also like I scuffed up the lock at first and so. Since it was an antique lock that came with that original bag that I bought, um, I wanted to keep that antique look, so then I used um, some brass antique and put it back on there, like some bluing stuff mm-hmm. um, for gunsmithing, and re-antiqued it, redid the brass pins, finally found the right the right pins to use. So it took a little effort to get it right. Um, and I'm, I think I would do better now. Leathercraft Masterclass does um, a video about... Um, uh, doming. I don't yeah. remember what it's called. Riv- basically, riveting like that. Yeah, and that was that was pretty helpful to watch.
0: Yeah. Um, where do you get the pins from? Because did you have to buy new ones or?
1: Yeah, I went to just my local hardware store, oh, okay. and that's where I got the, the the steel pins, which didn't work. And then yeah. I just had to look online and find some brass pins of the right diameter.
0: Okay. Yeah, because that's the one. That's one I have not riveted yet. And I want to rivet because it's like they're cool. It's cool to rivet, I think, Like when you watch letter yeah. crafters do it. Um, and that's one have thing I, done, ha- I have been have quite... Have you done, like,
1: solid copper rivets? No. Like the Saddler's rivets? No. Those are a lot easier.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I heard that copper's a lot easier because it's a lot more softer.
1: hmm And the big, the big number nine rivets, like Saddler's use...
0: Um... Yeah, they're cool. I want to use one of them. These things... <laughs> They look
1: so good. But I no, uh, uh, some advice about those is get a good a good riveting set of, of setters. Um, I think Douglas in the US makes a set and they're, so instead of just having a one, a one do it all tool to set them, they have three pieces and so one is to to put the washer down over the rivet. The second tool is to after you cut the top of that post, it domes that piece for you. And then the third piece uh, will round the flat rivet head on the bottom, on the back side. So you flip it over and tap it so you get these nice, beautiful domed heads.
0: Yeah. Um, um,
1: so I'll just have a good set of tools.
0: Yeah, that, that's one thing I do like about Buckle Guy is that they do have a lot of... Um, they make like very specific tools. Like um, When I was making a, the handbag that, and it required to cut the, the zipper like the zipper teeth... Yeah, and you just use like pliers for them. But I found that you know if you didn't, you can cut the zipper tape, the zipper tape, and it can be like start to fray and all that sort of stuff. And I bought from Buckle Guy the the zipper teeth tool, and you like put it on the zipper teeth, and you just like you whack it, and it breaks the teeth. And that was that okay. was that was so like um I really enjoyed that. So instead of having to try and make sure you don't cut the zipper tape, you just put the tool on the zipper teeth and like you hit it, and then it Breaks the teeth, so a lot more now easier. Now I need another
1: tool. Yeah. So. No, <laughs> so there. really one bad thing about this hobby is there's always there's a tool for everything. Yeah. And. <laughs> I, I, every, all the money I make, I just put back into tools.
0: <laughs> so there's a benefit to buying tools, and there's not a benefit because yeah, they they are a bit costly. So. Um, where am I up to? Do you to uh, items you like? Did I? Uh, what what was the answer? What items you'd like to make in the future?
1: More more bags and briefcases. Yeah. Okay. Um, I find them a lot more fun than the small goods, which I feel like are more tedious. Yeah, I so, completely agree. Oh man, a wallet! You do one like stitch that's off a little bit, and I feel like probably nobody will see it, but I will. Yeah. And so I'm like, I have to redo this.
0: I know. I just I made I think I made this wallet s- some days ago, and it's like you look at the back and it's like if it's not completely even it's like it's not good enough but i do like yeah that's the good thing about bags because there's so much leather you look at you're looking at so much of it whereas with the with a wallet it's so precise and yeah so um so how has leather craft changed since you have started
1: that's a good question i'm not it seems like there's a lot more people doing it, but it might also just be that I'm more connected into the the people doing it. Yeah, I'm not sure, but it sure feels like a lot of people are getting into it. And I know I've like um, had conversations with people getting into it, and that's been a lot of fun. So it's the the community. So getting deeper into the community, whether it's new or old, um, super nice people and. Pretty much everybody just seems to be willing to help other people learning learning the craft. Yeah. So that's that's probably the thing that's changed the most for me is getting involved with the community.
0: Yeah. I know, it's... it's um, and I mentioned this before, but, like, yeah, the people that, you know, going back last year, it's, you know, you, um, I didn't know as many people as I do now, and people have been such a huge help in whatever way. Like, even just simply... Um, a review on leather like what's this leather like and someone will tell you um do, do you use clicker do you use clicker dies
1: you don't i don't okay. um it's something i wouldn't mind having yeah but since everything i make is different i haven't gotten into it yet
0: yeah okay that's fair enough
1: because that's it's a big investment <laughs> and unless i was making the same thing over and over it doesn't make sense for me yet
0: i don't I... I would like to get some clicker dies eventually and I'm I'd be I'm excited to see how quick it would be to be able to make a wallet with clicker dies as opposed to like how much time you'd save as opposed to just freehand cutting all the pockets and all that.
1: Right. Right. So I thought about doing just like I think we did talk about this. I don't know if it was yeah, in we we... the podcast or before. Um clicker dies would be really cool for things I use all the time. So like wallet pockets like yeah. Once I'm happy with how I cut my wallet pockets, if I can get a die made for that. Oh man, you got to cut like six of those for every wallet. That would that would definitely save some time. Yeah. Um, but then, then I run into the problem of sometimes I do wallets with rolled edges, or and sometimes I don't, uh, depending on the leather I'm using. Um, so I don't know. It's always it's always one or the other. Yeah,
0: what are rolled edges like to do? Because I've never done them.
1: Uh. Really easy to do if you have a bell skyver. Um, much slower to do if you don't. Yeah. Um, but, if you, but if you're decent with a skyving knife, it's not so bad as long as you're doing a, a straight-edged pocket or straight-edged um, uh, top of whatever you want to roll the edge on. Uh, it, but it's really easy. Yeah. You just um it down thin. I like to draw a line on the back side and then fold it over. Um, yeah. Oh, here's something that other other crafters would probably like. There's this brand of pen called Friction, R- uh, F-R-I-X-I-O-N. And they are amazing because you can draw, you don't want to draw like on the, the face of leather, but um, when I'm marking stuff on the back of leather where it might be visible later. So we got like, I don't know, can you see the pen? Yeah and then you take a lighter or any heat
0: oh, okay oh that's cool
1: and it it disappears with heat so you can mark your leather and then get rid of the marks later so friction pens not sponsored unfortunately yeah. but if they want to sponsor me that'd be cool <laughs> um anyway i use them all the time um but it's really handy when you want to fold to a line when you're doing a rolled edge yeah Draw a line that way. Your roll ends up, your fold ends up straight.
0: Because I know there's the the water ones where you can just you you draw you draw it with the pencil, then you add a bit of water and it removes it.
1: But I wouldn't want to put I don't know, I know I I was, put water on I most leathers. I was thinking so that this works. With this works heat. great.
0: Yeah, with the heat and because it's on the back side as well, you're not gonna notice it anyway. Yeah. Yep. Um, is it a lot of heat or is it a little bit of heat that you need to apply? No, you just like
1: I. Light up a lighter and just brush it past it. Very little heat. Yeah. Doesn't sim- does not does not singe the leather at all.
0: Yeah. Um, with the... How far of a distance do you have to scythe to fold an edge?
1: Uh, it depends on how deep of a fold you want on the backside. So, I think I usually do about a half inch.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: Uh, well, it depends. So, if you're doing a wallet pocket, it's going to be a lot less than the top edge of a briefcase panel. Yeah. So, so And this some I was practicing on.
0: It's the step-down scyver, isn't it? It's not the gradual.
1: I do a step-down. So, it's a flat yeah. scyver with a step. And then... Because um, that gives you a, a, a place to fold it. Yeah. So...
0: See, that'd be so cool to have a spell skyver to be able to do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's more important than a sewing machine. Get one of those first.
0: Yeah. Do you, um, if you do a T pocket and you fold the edge, you don't have to stitch it. You can just glue it and leave it.
1: Yeah, I usually do just glue it and leave it. Yeah, okay. Because it's it's not going to go anywhere. Um, the other thing I do even after I um, skive it is I'll still sometimes put a feather edge on that before I fold it. Yeah, in that way, there's nothing nothing to catch the card or anything like that, and not another step. Yeah, in there, and I don't do t pockets anymore for my wallets because I don't like where they, um, where they come together. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'll I'll now sky. I do I guess v pockets kind of kind of a v, um, and sky it really thin under where the next set is going to go.
0: Yeah. How, well, how do you do that if you have a little bit?
1: Do you just do it by hand, or do you? I do that by hand. Oh, okay, because yeah. Um, I can do that pretty quick by hand. Most of it I do on a bell scyver. So I'll do the the bottom edge of my t pockets or my v pockets on a bell scyver really fast. So you don't have that lump where they're sewn down. Yeah. But then, and also, but the side, the sides, I'll usually do with the knife.
0: Yeah. How um do you do the full bottom of the t pocket when you skive it? Before it goes to the top section?
1: Do no, the... just about um about uh, half inch to three okay. quarters of an inch sky. Okay. And that's a tapered sky. Yeah.
0: Um is it annoying to having to adjust this the bell skyver so
1: constantly? A, a little bit. Um I try to do everything for a wallet, for example, everything that needs the taper skives, I try to do that at once. Yeah. Um, and then then I'll go to where I need my flat sky. So I try to prep everything before I'm putting things together.
0: Okay. Is it hard to notice when it's a step down and then when it's slanted?
1: No, it's pretty easy to see. I keep a light on one side of my bell skyver and then I can look through under the foot. Yeah. And and eyeball it and I keep a lot of scrap right next to the bell skyver too of whatever leather I'm working with. And I always make sure I run it through first. Yeah. Before I run a good piece through.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like the, like, Philips episode that he does on the Bell Skyver. Like, he actually lays it out very easy. Yeah. Is that how? You, is that what you followed to get your Bell Skyver? Um,
1: I, I do some of his stuff and I also do, um, I think there's a YouTuber. He does mostly auto upholstery. He doesn't speak English. Chen Chenflau, I think is his name. Um and his he's like an expert on a bell skyver. Chen Plao, um man it, like he's an expert in a bell skyver, just can do anything on one of those things. Um and does some videos on maintenance. Oh, sorry. Checha flow. C C E C H A F L O
0: How do you spell that again? C
1: H C C E C H A F L O Or Set a Flow, I'm not sure. And that's on YouTube.
0: How do you spell it again? C E.
1: C E C H A F L O Oh
0: yeah. How to wide Skyve. Oh yeah. How to Sky And so he has stuff on sewing,
1: he has stuff piping, um, all machine done, like upholstery stuff, which upholstery is another really cool thing that I'd love to learn more about. <laughs> High-end upholstery would be a lot of fun and stressful.
0: Yeah, it would be. You'd have to have like no creases in it at all. Yeah. I, I wonder, there'd be chrome tanned leather, upholstery leather. It's, a, it's
1: chrome tanned leather, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and usually a coating on it because you you don't want raw leather for the most part. It's too too absorptive and yeah, you, you would need want. it to be sealed.
0: Yeah, nat- natural veg sand with patina. It,
1: that could look kind of cool too over time. Like <laughs> you definitely, until you see where you sit. Yeah, yeah. I, I,
0: but I think it would be good in like the vintage car. Like some come, someone comes to you, have like an old Rolls Royce or something.
1: I did a, I've done one steering wheel wrap for an old Porsche. And that it turned out, it definitely was good to have a Bell Skyver. Um, and it turned out I was I was happy with it. I don't think I did it the way a professional upholsterer would do it necessarily. Yeah. But it, but it worked. And it worked well. And the, the driver was very happy with it.
0: Do you have a picture?
1: I do. I think it's on my Instagram.
0: Oh, Porsche.
1: Oh, here we go. So it kind of shows my process um, back in September 22, 2020. September. If you scroll down far enough, you'll see a steering wheel. Near like a veg tan. Oh, wow. That's
0: cool. Okay. Oh, yeah, I see. Is that, nat- is that natural veg tan?
1: No, it's, um, I think it is a veg tan, but it's a... Uh, um, Horween horse front. And so I even did like a perforated leather where like your hands will usually be, you know, like two and four or sorry. Uh, hang on. What is that? 10 and two. Yeah. And, um, and what I did with it is I machine stitched down the sides. So when it was all in one flat sheet, um, rolled the edges, machine stitched those edges. So that's the, now the inside edge of the wheel and then hand-stitched a red thread over the black thread and laced, laced the two stitch lines to each other. Yeah. See, I don't
0: know what that means.
1: But... So, well, let me try to explain that a little better. So, so first yeah. I sewed it flat. So the, the black seams, like it's a long flat panel. Uh, and then I sewed it to get, I sewed the panel together as a French seam in the bottom um, of the wheel so then you have then I had a piece I had to stretch over like a donut shaped piece of leather that I had to stretch over the steering wheel yeah and then the outer edges so um, our machine stitch black thread and then I took a, a dull needle or a big dull needle and laced the two seams together so you have your two stitch lines going down the side of the leather and on the inside, I pulled it tight with some red thread. I pulled those two pieces together.
0: So you st- you stitched it onto the wheel. I mean, yes. uh, okay, the steering wheel. Yeah. Wow. Yep. So that's all hand stitched. All this picture here.
1: The red part is hand stitched. The black part is not.
0: Okay. Yep. Yeah. So you've you've gone underneath the thread, back and yes. forth. Wow. Exactly. Okay. Oh, so okay. So it's a folded edge. You've you've stitched it with black thread on both sides, and then you've put it over the handle, and then you've got red thread, and then hand stitched it all around.
1: Exactly. Yes.
0: Okay, that makes sense. Wow. Yeah. The, where where the stem wheel actually goes into that was that hard? Oh, no, oh, you've just you've stopped the stitching, and then you've oh, that's that's good. How you've like where the like you've stopped the stitch, and then you've continu- yeah, I just
1: stopped the red stitching. Okay, that's and- cool. I think i I tucked it underneath the the leather cover and brought it to the next area to start again.
0: Was that hard to do? All the like, sla uh, finding the dimensions and
1: getting the dimensions right was harder. I chose a stretchy leather and that that way it would be tight on the wheel. Yeah. Um, and I knew I could stretch it enough to get it onto the wheel.
0: Yeah. So what's the holes for? Is that for just better grip? Grip and looks. Yeah, it looks. I nice. thought
1: I thought it looked neat.
0: Yeah. So that, that was for a nine eleven.
1: Uh, t- I think technically a nine twelve, but yes.
0: That will patina really nicely, and it has like the. the I ge- think so. I the, need to, I need to go look at it. The gear shift is, is um like natural as well. Is that why he wanted natural?
1: Uh, so the gear shift is old skateboards. That are laminated together and then turned. So basically, old skateboard decks.
0: What they've just stacked
1: on top of each other. Stacked one? and laminated and then uh, turned into shift knobs. Yeah. Wow. So this is uh, this is this guy's. It's his baby. Um, he, drive, he drives it like it's not a baby car. It is well-driven. He'll go on the back roads, rough roads. He he has a lot of fun with that car. When I first met him, um, his daughter was one of my students here at the school where I worked. And I he saw me admiring his car, and he tossed me the keys and said, go take it to town. <laughs> I was like, what? You're going to let me drive your car? He's like, yeah, I trust you with my kid at this school. I should be able to let you drive my car, right? Yeah. And I was like, uh, yeah, I'll drive it. And so I took it for a spin. It was great. Yeah. A 912 Targa.
0: So is it like a V6 or?
1: It's a flat six.
0: Yeah, what, what was it like driving?
1: Really low sitting. It feels more like a go-kart. Yeah. Because it's so low and light and there's no power steering.
0: Oh, yeah. How was the... <laughs> was it hard to turn?
1: Uh, When you're not going quickly. But the feel is really good when you're moving right along.
0: Yeah. The old school cars have very interesting colours. You know, this one Irish Irish green. Um Yeah. Oh no, that's cool. How did he get it? It's just he's just had it for so many so many years. He's had it for a
1: lot of years. Um but I, I don't I he didn't buy it new or anything. But um he's had it a lot of years.
0: Yeah, okay. Uh, advice for new leather crafters
1: oh I'm sorry by the way it's a 67 I just looked it up and I oh. sent you a YouTube video of it of that car
0: oh yeah okay there you
1: go um, one of my other hobbies is flying drones so we did a we, I went out with him one Saturday afternoon and we did a, a drone video of his car
0: is it a soft top or a hard top
1: it's a it's a hard top but it's a so it's a target, so you can take out the, you can right. take out part of the top.
0: Yeah. Okay. Like the
1: middle, you can take out the middle section. So it's kind, it's a mix of both.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Go, going back to drones, um, so you you enjoy drones and all that. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'd like to get, I would like to get a drone. It'd be cool to have just to, uh, fly around and, all that. You just link them to your phone, don't you?
1: For the most part, the remotes plug into your phone.
0: Yeah, Yeah.
1: okay. Like and the the big the big brand is DJI, and they'll all their controllers plug into your phone, so you can see what you're seeing when you fly.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, what are they? I've never flown one. Wait, probably like a tiny, cheap one. But I've never flown a high quality one.
1: Are they? They're easy. They're easier to fly than the cheap ones used to be. Yeah. Um, because they're they're GPS locked, so if you stop touching the controls, they just stop. They don't fall out of the sky. Uh, and they hold altitude and all that stuff. So very easy. The new ones do really, really good video. Um, yeah, I get one. They're fun. Yeah, I see. I don't know what the laws are there, but what
0: what do you use it for? Like, what can you... Um, mainly video. It's not a
1: racing one. I I built the racing drones in the past, but this one's just for for video work, photography. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to take it like out if I go out in the back country somewhere. And so you can just fly up and see what's around. Yeah. So, but mainly, mainly the pretty pictures and videos.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, so what advice would you give to new leather crafters?
1: Um, there's so much, get some, get some books and let's see, get some books, get connected to somebody in the community that's willing to help you out. Um shoot some random people Instagram messages. Like yeah. there's just so many nice people. Um YouTube is a huge, huge fount of knowledge. Uh and then the other option is look for local classes, uh and then look into the online courses. Yeah. Um Leathercraft Masterclass is good. Um I've also thought about taking the the Peter Nitz course. I haven't done it yet. But I have nothing but good things to say about the Leathercraft Masterclass. Yeah. Um there's, there's, uh, it definitely teaches you the basics, and, and beyond, um, so that's a, it's a really good place to start, and you can, you can skip a lot of heartache and trouble by learning from somebody who knows something.
0: Yeah. Oh, I do want to try that, um, what's that bag that Philip made? The, the, uh, carry, that that carry-on bag.
1: The, yeah, I know, what is that one called? overnight
0: bag right yeah it's the Havilland travel bag that's the one
1: yeah <laughs> i, I want to do that one that one's my style yeah uh i'd like i'd like to do that one too i'm liking um uh Al Ransoli, uh goat leather for the inside of my wallets now yeah um i still like buttero for the outside but it it scratches up so easily so even with the where the cards touch the wallet on the inside where when you fold the wallet yeah um Sully is just so much more forgiving and, and doesn't mark. Yeah. Um, so, I'm kind of switching that direction. But, I mean, it really just depends. If people want a smooth finish, I still use butter up. But um, I really like Sully.
0: I bought some of that gouch oil. in, in, a, in a, Oh, that
1: stuff's beautiful.
0: Yeah, in a bunch of different colors. But it's hard with panels because you might get, like, a really good panel. But then you might get, like, a, a sort of a dodgy panel. Like, you know, it has more creases and mm-hmm. all that. And... The burgundy that was like that's that color I made that wallet out of. That was absolutely beautiful to to use. Um, but it, like, it was kind of a bit like buttero, where you know it, it could scratch a bit. I don't think I don't think it scratches as easily, but yeah, I know those those leathers can be quite annoying, like the buttero and
1: well, that's where I, with something like that, and then something all these people who spend and get these beautiful glassy edges. I'm curious how
0: they hold up. I heard, like, like glass edges, they're not as longevity. I don't think they're... Mm Because they use Columbus wax, and I don't think that has much of a longevity. What I use, I Mm -hmm. use... um, I melt beeswax into my edges, and they're not, like... You don't get the... Obviously, you don't get a shine, as much shine. It's more of a matte finish, but... Mm -hmm. it, It holds pretty good, like... It's been holding... Have you messed
1: Have you messed with edge paint much yet? I haven't used it. I I like it, and um. So when you when you do like alligator stuff, you have to edge paint. Um, yeah. They make a gloss a gloss clear coat. So if you're doing like a glazed alligator, uh, and put that gloss clear coat over your edge paint, and it looks nice. Yeah. So I did a. I think on my Instagram there's an ostrich wallet that I used the gloss on, and I really liked how it turned out. Yeah, like it's downright sh- the edge paint's is downright shiny.
0: Yeah. What what ed- edge paint brand did you
1: use? Uh, I've tried, uh, Vernice, Giar- uh, Giar- Giardi, uh, Giardini. But my favorite is Uniters.
0: Yeah. Okay. That, that's been the
1: easiest for me to apply.
0: Yeah. Okay. Now you've got me interested in using this, Sully, because um, one thing I didn't really like about it was, like, the grain. I was like, oh, I don't really like the grain very well. But Equest Leather, he uses goat skin, and it's like... Do you know those people that, like... Do you know those people where if if you saw a leather, you like, you know, I wouldn't buy that, but then someone makes a product with that leather, and they make it amazing?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So... Um, Cause i'm I'm the same with you I don't like scratches that's why that's why I love this like hatch grain leather like it just does not scratch like mm-hmm. it just doesn't scratch and I like it like, i don't like oh just wait
1: till, wait till you try alligator yeah even even the glazed alligator doesn't scratch yeah. so like the, the like after you pocket a glazed wallet for a long time it'll start looking matte but you never have like the deep scratches i mean you'd have to like hit it with sandpaper or something. Yeah. But um yeah, it l- it just looks good. So I I've, I've been carrying um a matte alligator wallet forever.
0: mm mm-hmm.
1: Mhm. And it, it just holds up and the edge paint's held up. I I like it.
0: Yeah. So what does Alli- what does um goat skin look like as the outer piece? Um, You'd
1: mainly just keep it for a lining. You can get you can get different finishes in it. The, the solely it just has the... Um, does it patina? Um, I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, I think you can burnish it, but I typically haven't. I've just done edge paint or folded edges. It's so nice to skive and and use on the Bell Skyver. Even man, manually skiving or the Bell Skyver, it just does really great. Because Go Leather is just nice and dense. Yeah. Um, it just cuts nice. Mhm. It it is not it's not as stretchy. Um I don't know, it's just nice to work with.
0: Is it quite cheap, the the goat, in your opinion?
1: Um yes, compared to the same same side of um compared to buttero, yeah. You got seventy bucks for a whole hide. And that's the, the hour and that's the expensive stuff. So I got, I need to compare it, so this, yeah, do you have a picture of it, okay, I don't know if you can see it very well, I need, I need to compare these to the real stuff, so I've gotten some goat from a few different sources, and it really seems about the same, it's the full hide, I'm like sure just- someone, would, someone would tell me I'm wrong.
0: Is is the, is the full hide like blemish free? It's pretty.
1: Yeah, though everyone I've gotten has been blemish free. But there's your. That's a full size.
0: So how do you go about um? How do you cut so it? This is is there is there a stretch like which is the stretchy way? Which is the, I guess along the spine. Um, it
1: has a little stretch. Uh, actually. It seems the least stretchy across the spine, like left to right, this way. Yeah. Uh, and more stretchy, at least with the spine, at least okay. on the sides. In the middle, it's not stretchy at all in any direction.
0: Yeah. So. That is very flexible.
1: Yeah. It. This one is not Alren, by the way. This is... um. I got this from a place that has no website, uh, Lander, but, but if any people are watching in Indiana, Landerlin Leather in Indianapolis is the coolest store to visit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's like an old, old mom and pop leather shop and the whole basement is full of shoe parts. The most amazing place to visit.
0: Such uh, vi- vibrant colors.
1: And I also have some like veg tan goat which has the same texture. But it's pure, pure veg stand, and it's just three dollars and seventy-five cents a square foot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Here's the real Alren piece I've left. So,
0: what color is that one? That's that's quite nice.
1: Um, oh man, I don't remember what this one's called. Let's see. I got it from Rocky Mountain.
0: Yeah, I think they're a good goat supplier.
1: It's not the natural, the golden brown. So on the on the edges, you'll have some spots that aren't perfect. Like yeah, it's, you know, it's really stretchy by the legs and such. But other than that, I'd say it's a very useful hide. Yeah, not mm. a lot of not a lot of waste.
0: Yeah, thanks, Aaron, for coming on. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for having me.